Hello, everyone. I'm Joel Yu. Thanks so much for tuning in to Expert Insights, where we talk with industry leaders across modern financial services to discuss leadership and innovation. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Joel Yu here with another episode of Expert Insights. Today, I am joined by President of the Mortgage Division at Evolve Bank and Trust, Mr. Lance Lemoyne. Uh, welcome to Expert Insights. Thanks for joining the podcast, Lance. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you having me. Mr. Lemoyne has more than 30 years experience and expertise in mortgage banking, capital markets, marketing, consumer lending. Um, you were with Fleet National Bank, Fleet Mortgage for 15 years. Uh, you also had a pretty lengthy career at Wells Fargo and USAA. So you've been at some uh, some really well-known big organizations. And uh, you uh, were also the CEO of Meripro Home Loans prior uh, to it being purchased by Guild. Uh, so I'm assuming I have all that right, Lance, and would love to get any any additional context about kind of your your path to success that's led you to where you're at. Well, thanks, Joe. Yeah, it's been a little bit more than thirty years, uh, pushing thirty-eight years. I know I don't look that old. Yeah, but, uh, you don't. You don't at all. That's your makeup crew that helped me out there. Um, there we go. Yeah, I feel like I've had a great, uh, great career in, in the sense that, you know, work for some big banks, work for big mortgage companies. I spent some time with Countrywide. I spent some time at some other smaller banks as well. Um, you know, some mortgage banking, independent mortgage bankers, banks. And uh, it's it's been a fun ride. Interesting business we're in. So, Lance, uh, give, give us a, a little bit of an overview of Evolve Bank and Trust. Uh, the organization, a little bit of the story, um, any context you can provide uh, about uh, about the bank? Yeah, happy to do that. So, you know, I would say we're a mid-sized bank, small bank, um, you know, over a billion dollars in assets, been around for a long time, uh, you know, pushing pushing 90 years old. Um, you know, as a, as a modern bank, I would say over the last 20 years, uh, we've really become a consortium of national businesses. So we've got a very large uh, open banking platform uh, that's uh, very substantial uh, in the marketplace. We've got Physicians Capital Group, Litigation Trust. We've got a nationwide small business lending arm. Um, we've got uh, just a few branches in in Arkansas and Tennessee. So we're not really your tip, you know, what you would think of as your typical bank. Uh, we're a yeah. consortium of national businesses. And that, make, that makes us very entrepreneurial, um, you know, as a group, as a leadership group. So you guys are thinking about how to serve all of those different businesses with the, the technology offerings that you guys are use, working on is thought about in, in relation to all of those different businesses, the way it's the way it sounds. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I want to get into a little bit about your story and some of your your secrets to success. I've consistently heard uh, your leadership, about your leadership, uh, the quality of how you run the business, uh, how you build culture. So I want to talk about a few of those things. But I think um, just to kind of set the, um, set the tone a little bit, uh, as you look at where we are in the cycle, in this cycle, we talked a little bit before we, we went on the air that you know, look, there the markets are in a little bit of flux here, and uh, however, right the 
the long-term impact or the long-term benefit of owning a home in America is still going to be really important, right? I know we agree on that. How are you guys thinking about um, serving the customer today in terms of the market cycle we're in with rates all over the place? Does it change your approach at all? Just give me a little bit of context on that before we get into some of the uh, uh, deeper items. Yeah, good question. You know, and I think uh, the word that you use there that is, uh, you know, so central to how we operate is service. Um, you know, you talked about leadership um, as well. And I think I have really benefited by being able to surround myself with good leadership. Uh, so at Evolve, I would tell you that we are hyper-focused on, on service levels. And when you say service levels in our business, you know, typically that means you make your closings on time, which we do 99 to 99 and a half percent of the time. This past month, 100% of uh, contracts were closed on time. But I think more importantly, it's about individuals uh, serving one another and having that strong team uh, spirit, team approach. Um, you know, it's a difficult market out there. We've got some really great uh, salespeople on our team, uh, great referral partners, and everyone is relying on us to to close on time, uh, serve one another on time. So every division, every department, um, a lot of it has to do with communications. Uh, Matt Kneven, who runs our operations, sends out a daily email, uh, details everything that's going on throughout our entire uh, pipeline. Um, so we're completely transparent um, and, and confident in what we do um, and, and focused in on it. So I want to uh, talk about initially, you guys have, from what I hear, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have one of the highest retention rates uh, of your sales team, uh, of any of the lenders or banks that I, I frequently talk to of um that's been an area of struggle for a lot of organizations. And you guys typically come in as somebody that does a great job at that. Can you share with the audience your thoughts on that? Um, how have you uh, managed to leverage the create a culture that people want to continue to be a part of in this environment? And have you noticed any challenges with retaining people as the market has changed? You know, there's always challenges retaining people, but if you can provide great products, great service, great support, uh, great communications, uh, friendships, uh, partnerships along the way, I think that's really what, you know, we all need to focus in on. Um, you know, so we have a lot of reward and recognition programs and president's clubs and, uh, you know, various uh, daily, monthly, you know, announcements uh, to try to create that that sense of belonging uh, and support. But I think it just comes down to being resolute in that, you know, hyper focus on service levels. You know, mm -hmm. if our team. And when you say, you say service level to your people as well as to the customer, is that accurate? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I think this is, this is really an important distinction. And we spend a lot of time uh, working and talking with partners, organizations, both customers and tech partners that we have and talking about uh, everybody is talking so deeply all the time about serving the customer, right? And creating experience and outcomes for that customer. But something that I'm just catching from you that I, I want to maybe see if is fair or not, and, and I'll make my own assumption here 
the way you guys intensely focus on serving your people, I'm guessing directly plays into the reason you've been able to retain you, you treat your people as that's part of the role of leadership is to serve those people. Is that accurate? Yeah. And I'm glad you made that delineation because I was just kind of, you know, spouting, yeah. you know, the whole service thing, but no, you're absolutely right. So whether it's our capital markets or secondary team, lock desk, um, underwriting, closing, disclosure, I mean, you name it, anything that goes into, um, you know, the daily workings for our teams that are out there working with our referral partners, you know, we're hyper-focused on ensuring that they get what it is they need. Um, I think some of what uh, drives that for us, Joe, is I, I was a top originator as a young, you know, young man a uh, long time ago. Uh, same with our head of ops, same with our national production leader and many of our other leaders. So we kind of understand what's going on in the transaction and being mm -hmm. so purchase focused, 95% uh, of our business is purchase. You know, that's, you know, realtors, buy side, sell side. It's, you know, it's families, it's families that are moving in, moving out, all that anxiety that goes with that. So, you know, having that service level approach 360 I think really, really helps. So you're you're always looking uh, through the lens of somebody that is an insider, somebody that has walked in the shoes of the person that's originating. Mm -hmm. And that makes total sense. In terms of, I see a lot of leaders that talk about uh, serving their people and having good intent. Okay, I think they have good intent, a lot of people. But when it comes down to doing that over time and the execution of that, uh, I see a lot of organizations struggle with it. Um, do you have any best practices that that you guys have in place to kind of measure how you're doing, uh, assuming your goal is continuously to have deep level of service to your people and your customers? How are you measuring those things or are you or are you just staying involved so deeply you just know? Well, we do a lot of things. Uh, we survey our employees. We survey our borrowers. Uh, we try to survey uh, our realtor partners. So there's a lot of internal, external surveying uh, that goes on. Uh, we track and report, um, you know, as I said, daily on how we're doing uh, various measures, whether it's underwriting turn times, days to close, things of that nature. So you're very data driven in when you're when you're thinking about service, you're data driven in the analysis of that and the tracking and the benchmarking. And that's from what I'm hearing. That's really how you keep focused on progress and where you're at is is using data. Right. Makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. something else that's important uh, to mention here uh, that we are kind of fortunate to have is a bank ownership and a board that are very familiar with mortgage lending. And we've been in the mortgage business for over 20 years. Uh, so they're very committed um, and very interested in our business. You know, whereas at some yeah. other companies, you know, that can sway depending on which way the markets are swaying. Yeah, no question. Um, we talk a lot about what it means to be a modern bank, what it means to be mm -hmm. a modern lend lender and how things evolve. It sounds like you guys, based on the additional businesses you guys are involved with, you're already pretty far down the evolution of kind of changing the status quo from being a traditional brick and mortar bank to something different and something bigger. How would you think, how would you articulate the vision for the bank over the next three, five, 10 years? 
Well, I think um, our bank prides itself on being very closely aligned with many, many fintech industries. So our open banking platform, I think we've got 950 or 1,000 fintech partners um, that we provide payment solutions to and other products uh, to. You know, mortgage lending, um, you know, I think we want to get better, faster, cleaner, more perfect. Um, mortgage banking requires a, a, a perfect execution on the on the mortgage on the yeah. front end if you want to sell it on the back end. And a lot, you know, that, that's going to require some investments in technology, which we've been doing for, you know, several years now. Um, and we have several projects underway right now with improving our front end mobile app, with improving our CRM uh, and sales solutions and customer information so that we can help manage that journey or or maybe react to the needs of that customer journey, not necessarily manage their journey for them, um, and improving our front-end uh, loan, uh, loan origination system. We're undergoing all of those things right now with uh, the hope that they will all kick off here uh, in the next 30 to 45 days. That, that that makes sense. So you guys are you guys are leaning in and really investing in in the organization, investing in tech broadly, uh, and continuing uh, continuing to make progress. It sounds like in a variety of different places, all of which sounds like impact uh, not just your end customer and better outcomes, but also the things that I'm hearing from you guys and what I know about you is you're also investing in technology, realizing the way your people work and serve the end customers is is changing also is that fair to say oh that's very fair to say um, yeah i would say you know they kind of go hand in hand um, yeah and you know and i don't want to say it's the hope that one then helps deliver a better service to the end customer i think i think we all know that it will um and it's just a matter of again investing um and making sure that those projects go online on appropriate time. Yeah. So I have a, maybe a somewhat um, tough question for you and you don't certainly have to answer if you don't want to, but you know, the, the, the banks and, and some of your, some of your maybe, maybe competitors, maybe not competitors, but let's just say, you know, an average bank that is maybe more focused on being kind of traditional. That's not as comfortable making changes. That's not in as comfortable kind of pushing the needle uh, to modernize, to invest in tech, you know, what advice would you give or uh, thoughts would you give to those types of organizations that are maybe saying, you know, we're not going to continue to, to modernize and not going to continue to make these big investments. We're going to stick to what we know. What would you say to those organizations? You know, a good question. Good, tough question. Um, you know, it's hard to say anything to the organizations themselves. What I would say to the leaders in particular divisions or, or business units or whatever is to have the courage or the or or to be resolute to break down the bureaucracy. Um, yeah. If if you're going to stay alive, if you're going to stay relevant, if you're going to be competitive, um, you have to demand. Um, and I think that's where the challenge is, Joe. Um, I don't have that bureaucracy. I've got a yeah. tremendous board and uh, executive leadership team at the bank, and and you know we we make sound, rational business decisions. I think that's why some of our locations and branches have been with us 10, 12, 14 years. Um, that really benefits us. 
And that's where I think some of the larger banks in particular, or any bank that's fraught with a little bit of bureaucracy. And, you know, I think if you get more than 12 people, you can end up with bureaucracy, never mind. Totally. So. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's re hard. really well said. I, I see that in organizations, both large and small, that can be overly bureaucratic. And what happens from our perspective, and it sounds like this is one of the reasons you're successful is you guys don't have this, you know, analysis paralysis, you you make data driven decisions, um, you're able to make them efficiently and quickly, and you're able to make progress, even if it's not perfect, you're able to make progress pretty rapidly. And if you think about that, uh, as uh, in comparison to a lot of organization, it really doesn't, I don't think size necessarily is the deciding factor. But if you compare that to a lot of organizations that are maybe stuck in the mud a little bit and feel like they're a slow moving ship versus something that's more nimble, um, it tends to be they just get overly bogged down in, in decision making process and people that are willing, you, you said a word I love, have the courage to, to be committed to having a growth mindset uh, and moving the needle forward, positioning the organization for the future. Lance, you've, you've had a very successful career. You've been in the industry a long time. You've seen a lot of cycles. As you look at this cycle, we're, we're certainly in a, as broadly, uh, broadly speaking, lending is in a contraction cycle in terms of less transaction volumes. As you look at rates where they're at, home prices where they're at, over the next year to two years, what does your crystal ball see? What do you see happening with the markets, transaction volumes, home ownership? Yeah, we're in a, we're in an interesting environment, right? Um, you know, one thing that I don't have is any fear with what's coming, uh, because there there are lots of good signs. We've got a burgeoning economy. I think the underwriting of credit has been very very sound. You know, this certain cycle that we see with rising values of homes and such demand um you know i i don't see that we necessarily have a bubble um that's yeah. my opinion you know what i do see is going back to blocking and tackling um I, I see our teams having events and meeting with referral partners they hadn't met with in the last couple of years uh for yeah right a particular reason and uh you know hopefully that's behind us and that can continue you know, we ourselves uh, came out with some portfolio products, some five, seven, 10 year arms, um, you know, to respond to interest rates starting to approach 6%. Now we've tempered back to four and three quarters, five, five and an eighth. Um, you know, we're seeing some continuity there. Rates have been there for 30 to 40 days, 45 days. So the market's starting to accept that. Um, and we're seeing, you know, more margin coming back in that product. And, and we're seeing a lot of homes, uh, go on the market and we're seeing good activity on the purchase side. So bottom line, you're incredibly bullish long-term, right? And, uh, incredibly bullish that homeownership is going to continue to be important and markets are going to, uh, are going to balance themselves out. Is that, if I read that correctly. Absolutely. And it's just about, you know, maintaining your particular share, uh, in your particular market. Yeah. 
Well, Lance, uh, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Really appreciate you taking the time to share some of your expertise and insights and the great work you guys are doing at Evolve Bank and Trust. Uh, we're, we're huge fans of the organization, the brand, and the work you guys are doing. So uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, we'll see you next time for another episode of Expert Insights. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 